Okay. So we are finishing up on the uh, Mishnah about the date, about the requirement for the date on the uh, document. And um, part of that problem is that if you write it one day and you finish it up later, then it gets complicated whether that's, uh, whether that's acceptable or not because by th- then the date is going to be off. So the more brings this story, four lines from the bottom on 18b. Now, also brought up a funny kind of divorce. Sometimes people throw unusual conditions on the divorce. Uh, they want this, they want that, they'll give the divorce under these circumstances, uh, in front of this court, in front of that court. And they had a funny condition that they said, I want, you, I want 10 people. Or he went to Shul and said, um, this could also be that he was going away. And so he goes to Shul and says, you know, take care of this for me. And so the question is, does he mean all 10 or just two out of the 10? And so that was part of the question. When, and we had that case yesterday. Does he mean he wants all 10 to be witnesses? Or does he want them to sign on it? Or what exactly is it? And we, it's not so clear. So, but now we get a new case. A person says to 10 people, He says he wants all 10 to write the divorce. And uh, two of them, they go right ahead and they sign on the divorce that day. Uh, just like any other divorce, only two. And then someone else who was there realized that he actually wanted all 10 to sign. But, you know, try to get those 10 people back. The Enoch, the rest of the 10, Mikan Adesora Yamim. Now we're on the last line. So the question was, they signed late. They didn't sign on the same day. So the question is, we had an opinion before that if you write the get one day and you sign it the next day, that's no good. So Asla came to Yeshua ben Levi, Omelay. He said, so we can rely on that opinion that said that you can sign it the next day. Even though uh, we don't usually hold like the outlier rabbi, the, you know, his, the rabbis held one way and he held the other. But over here, where the document was signed by the other ten later, we can, uh, we, uh, once it was done that way, we can rely on it. Um, now, why was it Bishasa? Uh, why couldn't we just do it again? So Rashi says, You know, the people scattered. Oh, the husband traveled away. You're not going to get so... Once it's too late, we can rely on that opinion. Let's do the top Rashi. I'm out of order. I'm sorry. You wrote it one day, and you signed it a different day. So even though that's not the ideal way, uh, we will accept that. Hi, the more just has a technical question about Omar Reish Lakish, Lahiksha Rushim and Ella Alter. Even Rushimin said that just that night, but who said anything about ten nights? That's a little bit of a stretch. So the answer is Bahukar of Yochanan Sphere. Rabbi Yochanan gave you ten days. You know, it's uh, uh, it's still like pretty close. I Bramur of Yochan Shnaim, he said two um, he said only two of them are witnesses and the other ten don't have to be witnesses. They just can sign any time, Mishum Tanai. So on that, he held like Reish Lakish. There, there was two arguments. One was, when you have 10, are all 10 witnesses? Or only two of the 10 witnesses? And the difference was, for example, if one of them was a gambler or one of them wasn't a kosher witness, would, would that mess it up or not? Uh, or if they were, it was just a condition. So that was one argument. And then there was a different argument, if you have to do it right away or not. 
So he held you don't got to do it right away, but he did hold they were witnesses. So. Nobody's challenging Rabbi Yochanan for 10 days, is it, are they? Uh, correct. That was his opinion, yeah. Um, huh. But, um, well, if they're not witnesses, it's not a big deal that it's right. 10 days. If they're witnesses, okay. yeah. If it's just the condition. So once, once you get the condition, then that's like, uh, then it'll be good. Okay. New subject. Um, we, you got to write a divorce. So the question is, uh, what kind of ink do you got to use? Mm-hmm. You ever take, you know, the old days they had these government tests that you had to have a certain kind of pencil. Yeah, and if you had the wrong kind or, especially with government, what? Number two. Number two, is that it? Right, okay. I wonder if they still have a certain, you know, but if you did, if you had the wrong one or whatever, it was, uh, you were in trouble. So, uh, what, what's, what is the requirement for ink for the divorce? So, let's see. The Kol Kosvin. So the Mishnah begins, you're welcome. There's no specific, Torah doesn't mention only one type of ink. So you could write with many different types, call with anything. And then we give some examples. And uh, the Gemara is going to explain them. We're kind of limited. Uh, one, I don't even know what some of these things are, uh, but, um, uh, but uh, we can guess. Bedayo, first is regular ink. Bissam, uh, some kind of upward mint. I don't know. Paint. paint, okay. Bisikra, um, Rashi says it's a red paint. In other words, most of the inks are dark or black. So this is like somebody wants to write a divorce in bright red. Blood. Blood? What? No, no, no. no. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's one way to do it. That gets a message across. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, Ubekumus. Uh, kumus ink. Let's see. That's... Um, so Rashi says kuma is the uh, sap, sap of a tree, a uh, tree sap. Uba kankatum, uh, if he wants to use kankatum. What? Copper sulfate. Oh, exactly. Okay, I copper sulfate. How you write it? <laughs> 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 copper sulfate. Copper sulfate. Mine says ferrous sulfate. Oh, weird. Where's ferrous sulfate? Ferrous sulfate. Yeah, wow. Ferrous sulfate versus copper sulfate. So which is the earlier one? <laughs> <laughs> How would you write with the metal, or is there like a, uh, is maybe you mix the metal and the... Uh, what does sulfate mean? Is it like a, like the powder of it? Or is, I, don't know. I guess they made it into a liquid. Is it the best Yeah. But you can use any of these things. We'll see. The kol davashu shokayama. So first of all, you can't use disappearing ink. You know, the divorce you give in disappearing ink or something that won't last, um, you can't use it. So therefore, in kosmin lo mashkin, you're not allowed to write a divorce just with like a drink. Beloba may perus or fruit juice. Beloba kol miskayim. And something that really won't last or that'll fade quickly and you can't read it is no good. Why do we have to say that? Yeah, we're going to get into that. Every, everything in the mission is coming to include or exclude something. Yeah. Um, now, that's as far as the, the ink. Now, what can you write on? So, uh, again, the Torah didn't say, it wasn't specific. So, what's alkol kosvin? You can write on anything. On a leaf. Aleph leaf. On the horn of a cow. Um, it's interesting. They had, uh, they sometimes wrote messages on the horn of a cow. That's a 
I, I wouldn't have thought that's a you know an easy thing to come by, but I guess right. It's been removed from the camera. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Um, yeah, we'll have cases where you actually have it attached to the animal, but I guess it would be very hard to get the cow to stand still to write. I was just wondering how you would write, you know, very small, I guess, if you're writing it on the horn, or I don't know what... Um, um, it, it mentions that the Greeks uh, were somehow involved with the horn of a... You know, they made us send messages on the horn of a cow. There was some significance to that. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, but now, if you do write it on the horn of the cow while it's attached, you have to give her the cow. Uh, you tattoo it on the hand of a servant, but no Sanloas Evan, and you give her the servant. Rabbi Yosegali says, You can't send a live person or a live animal, and you also can't send, you know, you have a birthday cake, you have a divorce cake. You know, you can't send it on food, you know, uh, whatever. That would that be a. That's acting like it's, it's tattooed on their arm, though, right? Because mm-hmm. for us, it would be gone. Right, that's right. Oh. Because uh, his view is, it is some, something that's alive, I guess we'll have to see how we know it's invalid. I mean, in theory, why should it bother us if it's alive? But uh, well, he's when saying... when that person dies, we won't have it anymore. Correct. Oh, really? uh, mm-hmm. It's still interesting that the genes disappear, but the leaf also disappears. A leaf of, of an olive tree. I mean, how long does that last? Right, right. It's not big. And, I mean, isn't that food too? You know. Uh, yes, yeah, Steve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the behemoth the behemoth's not going to like it too much when you scratch the lines on them. Oh, you do it on his horn. No, but they're not. They're not talking about etching. I thought about that as well. Um, this is all like paint. This is like well. We don't have to ask the animal first if he wants to or not. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's saying this here. What were we going to say, Michael? <laughs> I'm just saying, it, 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 this is all talking about like writing. It's not etching. Like, yeah, it's not necessarily carving it in. So, what if you uh, write in ink on the servant, right? Why would that be any worse than writing on paper? Is it just because he could wash it off? We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Okay. Let's see the Gemara. So what does the word dayo mean? We said that was the first thing. We said dayo. So the Gemara used the Aramaic word. That's diusta, diusa, which everybody was more familiar with. What about sam? Sama. That was the, uh, uh, the and sikra. Um, I'm sorry. Dayusta, sam, sama, or sama sikra. That's what it is. Omar I'm sorry. Sikra is Omar Abrahana sikra tashma. Kuma skuma. Kankatum, what is that? Omar Rabba Barkana, Omar Shmuel, Kharta de Ishbaki. That's what the shoemakers use. Shoemakers, they used to make your shoes nice and black, and they all used the same particular uh, uh, stuff to make it black, so that's, that's usable for ink. But, uh, does the art school say what that one is made out of the shoemakers? Uh, it says, maybe it says copper sulfate again. I'm assuming that's. Oh, really? <laughs> I see. Um, So, but it could be anything that it's miskind that lasts. Lasuya mai, what does it come to include? Lasuya haditani rebkia kasuya maitria, ba'afsa kasher. If you write it in uh, maitria, which is uh, 
I think they, uh, that's like leaf um, uh, sediment. Let's see. Yeah, eat. Afsa is gallnut juice. Oh, yeah, that's where was, I was looking for that, right? But Maitreya, Megashamim. After it rains, Lashon Mori, Maitreya, Maim Shishurmbo Pri, where you soak a fruit in it. Shukaena Fitzim, it's like gallnut juice. These are various um, other uh, things that may be not standard to use them, but uh, they create a, a, a color to uh, etch with. They would be kasher. Tani rechia. Kasvu be'ever. If you wrote it with lead, uh, black lead, u'b'shikor kasher. These other types of uh, Rashi sets the shoemaker's thing, it's kasher. Itmar. Okay, fine. Basically, these are all things that you can read or you can see, even though they're made of various... Uh, materials. Itmar sikra. What about if you had red ink and then you write over it in black ink? Well, really, our question is going to be if you use a colored ink that doesn't show up well, but you could read it, is that good, right? We said you could use red ink. So what about for the laws of Shabbos? If you had uh, red ink and you write over it on top of the red, you, which is very hard to see, faint, you write on black ink. They both agreed. You're guilty of two sins if you write. If you even though there's already letters there, if you write over it, because now you're tracing black ink, and you're erasing the red ink. So it's a double whammy. So you see. Um, Why would they think that would be permissible? I, the finish is it's a double whammy. It's a double uh, that it's considered erasing the ink underneath. Yeah. If you write the same color on top and you just trace it, so then you're not writing anything. Because if you write black on black or red on red, so you didn't actually write something that was not there. It was already there. You just traced. You just... Made it darker. You just reinforced, right. So it's... Mm-hmm. So if your black ink is erasable, so the red ink is still there, you could get it back. Is that erased or is it covered? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Not sure. You know, I think they yeah. do that with fruit juices. I think these fruit juices are talking about they're acceptable, but I think that if they fade, I mean that's what that's how you use a, like a special light. You can see the fruit juice. Uh, I believe that's what. Yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit if it's oh. something that'll fade. Um, but if it's uh, for Shabbos, so what about though? That's black on black, red on red. What about if you do red on black? So it, it was visible before, and you by doing red, you didn't make it any more visible. So your writing didn't make it any more clear. Now, when we use the word putter, obviously you shouldn't do it. Our question is, do we throw the book at you for this? That's what it means, putter. So, some people say, well, it wasn't red before, now it's red. You did your red lines, we're going to throw the book at you. Some people say you're putter. Those that say you're chayiv malkaku because you're erasing it. You're messing it up. When you do something that messes something up, that's not a positive. What about if the witnesses don't know uh, how to how to write? They don't know how to sign. They, uh, you know, the uh, they um, they don't know how to write. So what do you do? Are they kosher or not? Can you? Pre-write it, you know, and little kids have those things where you have the, um, 
uh, stenciled in? Can you write them a stencil and just have them fill in the blank on the divorce? You know, they've, um, today you sometimes have that people aren't used to writing Hebrew, certainly not block letters. And so if you get it called to write a divorce, you need somebody to, uh, to help you out. So uh, can you write Besikra? Uh, can you write it in red ink? And they'll just fill in the top. So Ksava ain't a custom. So will that work um, or not work? Omale ain't That's not going to work. In other words, you can't sign their names in red and have them just sign on top of it in black. But didn't you say for Shabbos that's a problem? You can't really bring one thing to another because we say for Shabbos that's called doing an action. Does that mean you want to um, uh, then go and say the, uh, be lenient for a writing and say that's a signature for a divorce? It could be if there's already a written signature that's not kosher, to write on top of it is not considered a new signature. Let's see, Rashi. Nasta Maisa, Lahakal, you want to be lenient? Feel it in Shabbos. Imba Maisa, Yedena Bisman Beis Amigdash, La Yisi Somaka, Devari, Lahavi Kulan Azora. He wants to say, even for Shabbos, it's not so clear that you would let him bring a Corbin. If he, if he violated the Shabbos, that means that you bring a Corbin. If he didn't violate the Shabbos, he doesn't have to bring a Corbin. So just because he said that you shouldn't write red ink on top of black ink, black ink it wasn't so clear that, that uh, that's a, a theory, but it didn't mean that you're paskin from that and that you would actually bring a Corbin in the base of Migdosh, uh, not so fast. Next. It, so that's saying that it's not allowed if you took red ink on top of black ink. It might not be, right, that's correct. And so we're saying for divorce law, it's not a signature if you uh, do black. Right, or, so, so, the, so why would you even want to take red ink on top of black ink if black ink originally wasn't even a signature? It, it, I guess if the people don't know how to sign, so you want to sketch it first and they'll write on top. Oh, so our question is, does right writing on top of something else, like, does it totally erase what's underneath and I become a new writing? Right. Or is it not considered writing because it's it was not, already there? You just got to know how to sign his name to begin with. Correct. So you give him like a template. Correct. Which is not a signature. Right. So nothing to or, but for it. Is it a, but for Shabbos, is it a signature? In other words, oh, if you... Yeah, 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 so that's, that's where... Really so he was saying that you can't bring a proof from it. Um, uh, so... Um, so he said, Enukosim, you don't do it. Uh, so they asked him about Shabbos, and he said, well, that, that's not a... Uh, uh, that um, you can't really compare one to the other. Itmar, we learned, Enim Shedim Lichtum. What do you do with witnesses that don't know how to sign? Rob said you do the following. Makriyin lehem nir chelech. You get a blank place to sign, and you tear, you etch in the paper where you want them to put the ink. In other words, you you scratch it. Umamalin, it's a crime diary, and they fill it in, and they're all set. Shmuel says, Be'ever. He said uh, you could put, you can actually pre-sign with lead, and they'll they'll write on top of the lead. So Lamar said, so what kind of signing is it with lead?" That's regular signing if you use a lead pencil or something. But he's not doing it, though, isn't it? In this case, he is. In this case, we're oh. saying this sounds like he says you could actually sign the signature and have them do it on top. But he said that's good. How could it be good? Lokasha hubav roy hubba mayad avroy. One's with lead. The other was with water with lead. 
with water that you soak in lead, that's like a faint signature. That's not a real signature. He said you, what you do is you trace the signature in gallnut juice, and then you have them sign on top. And so that's like a much fainter kind of uh, pre-writing. I, Baitani Rebkia, Kasu Maitri of Afsakasher. But didn't we say that that's, uh, that's, that's a good ink? So you've got to do it in a, in a pre-made way that's not a signature. So you've got to do something that's not kosher as an ink, and then they would fill in on top. But if you do something that's already kosher, then you've got a problem. They, they could have like a stamp thing. Pop the stamp down, and then this guy just traces on top of it whatever was. What would the stamp be made of? Any signature. Oh. Is it gallnut juice or is it. Oh, 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 I don't know. That part I don't know. I mean, what, what the. You're suggesting thing. another thing instead of. Uh, if they don't know how to write a signature to give them some kind of some silk screen or something, or okay, I'll have to think about that because that the because uh, is that called signing? Would that be called signing? Yeah, I wouldn't think it would be called signing, but it would give the the guy that can't sign the signature or something to trace on top of. But it wouldn't be a, for sure. Would I don't right. think it would be a signature. Right. So right. That's something different. It's, it's a different case. Right. So right now we're going with the idea of using the first ink something that's not kosher that would be very light and not considered a writing and have him write on top of it something that would be considered a writing. But we said gallnut juice, but didn't we say gallnut juice is actually usable? So Marcelo Kashta, had the affix, had the low uh, It depends on the scroll. See, some scrolls were treated with gallnut juice, and if you put gallnut juice on top of a scroll with gallnut juice, you can't see it. If you use a, sco- a, tro- a scroll that wasn't treated with gallnut and then you write on top of it, then you could. Um, you can't have gallnut juice on top of gallnut juice. In other words, if the paper was treated with that and then you try to write on top of it, that wouldn't be considered an ink. But if it wasn't treated, then it would be an ink. Why would they use the gallnut juice? I guess it made it shiny or it made it easier to read or something like that. Red Papa Oma Baroque, he would do it in spit. You know, you trace the. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess it would last for a short amount of time and they could just trace over the, uh, the spit. The cane, oh, we love Red Papa, and uh, so too, Red Papa ruled for uh, Papa Tura. Uh, to, there was a guy named Papa the Rodeo Guy. Papa the. Uh, uh, Rashi says he was he was the oxen guy. I was wondering if he wasn't very learned, and so or was was he telling him when you get the guys that are the ox riders baroque to use the spit. So vahani mili begitten, and this is good for divorce uh, that will take a witness that doesn't even know how to write their name, al bashtaraslo. But for regular documents, we don't take ignorant people. You have to have a person that can read. You don't want to have somebody signing who has no idea. You imagine that if they don't know how to write their name, they can't really read what's written there. Uh, sometimes you could read, but you can't, you know, sign. But we're lenient for divorce that we will have them do it in spit or gallnut juice or something faint beforehand and have them fill in the blank. Um, but before we go weiter, there is a question really. Um, there's a mitzvah to write a Sefer Torah, uh, but most of us, uh, uh, we're not trained as scribes, but what we do is we write in a letter. So the question is, but uh, we don't even know how to write a letter. So they have the scribe start the letter for you so that you can just fill in the blanks. So how much can the scribe do? Does he do the whole letter and you just fill in the middle? Does he do the top? 
So that really has to do with what we're discussing here. What would be considered, you know, what's the, um, how, what's the way to do it? Have, have any of you done that before where they describe pre... Um, pre I've been right there. I've seen it. I, I was right on top of the... Did he trace, did he trace out the letter? Or, or did he guide his hand? Or no, no. no, there was an outline there. There's about 10 or 15 letters. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you sell them off or you want to get as many honors that you can. What's the head Orthodox rabbi in Israel? Rabbi Lau? No, no, no. This was from 30 years ago. Oh, okay. Um, what a big garb and everything. I, okay. I don't know why. I'm glad you said That's exactly right. right. Okay. So, and, and it was, it was a, a, a line around the whole letter. And all they were doing was filling in black in between the lines. Uh, I'm not sure. A slight little bit you could take the, the quill. Yeah, that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. Did. Okay. But there wasn't any space between the black and the and right. That line. They're just outlining that. Oh, sorry. For yeah. you. Yeah, so yeah. And, it, but it didn't take. It, they didn't have to. They just took one stroke of, of the little quill thing, and it filled it all in. It wasn't like they had to scribble. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. I see. But they did it, not you. No, I was just. I don't yeah. even know why. So, I was there. I so there, though, even if it er turns out you're not really doing anything, that's okay. <laughs> is it a fake rue? Meaning, is really described doing it, and you're just putting the black in. Uh-huh. You did the handoff. Okay. Uh, but does having that outline prevent the ink from going outside those lines? Does that like stop it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, but th so that question though would have would come in with the Torah as well. Like you know, if you did that, or the person who did the outline. This is Um. Yeah. A little of the rules of what's considered a signature and what's not. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Um. So uh, the, why would it be, though, that we're more lenient for um, divorces and we allow these illiterate signatures and we don't allow them for regular documents? So let's see Rashi, important Rashi, begitin for divorce, five lines of Mishumiguna, because we don't want her to be stuck. If you, maybe the witnesses that are available are not. And again, in the old days, um, they'd have a scribe come here to Beth Jacob in the middle of the week. And there wouldn't necessarily be witnesses around the sign, and they would uh, try to, uh, anybody who was in the building could be captured if you were Shomer Shabbos. And because uh, what, what happens if you, the person you find doesn't know how to write block Hebrew or whatever, doesn't know how to sign? So for divorce law, they were lenient. The low Meshkakeni Sahari, Bikian, you can't find expert witnesses. I mean, Ubatokach. And then meanwhile, Yashfis Eliyam, the husband was about to travel overseas. Oh, Yamus, or maybe he'll die. When somebody's dying, and then they would write the divorce for the wife in order that the wife wouldn't be stuck with Yibam, they don't have much time when they realize that they're going to die. I mean, they, they, sometimes people don't have much warning, you know. Um, and so they immediately need to get witnesses, and if you can't find the right ones, then she's going to be stuck with Yibam because you insisted on getting, you know, professional witnesses. Uh, so therefore, for the laws of, uh, of a divorce, we are, will allow an, a witness that's not so knowledgeable about signing. But rest of the document, somebody has an IOU and somebody brings something to court, you know, transferred a deed, and you call the guy and he says, I don't know what I signed. I don't even know how to write. <laughs> so you don't accept that in a court of law. That's no good. Okay, I, I so all of this, what? All of this, according, so all of this is according to 
the Mandiyamar that you actually need to have a signature on the get. There's a Mandiyamar. Correct, correct. That's right. And then you just leave it a blank. You, you can avoid it. Correct. Right? Yeah, that's you correct. You have witnesses, but they don't sign. Correct, yeah. If she becomes a widow and doesn't get the divorce papers so that she redeems, does she get paid for Kasuba? I forgot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the only reason he would sign the divorce papers because he wouldn't want his brother or she wouldn't want to marry his brother. Or maybe they can't. He's in across the border. It's hard to find him. Right. Correct. Oh, That's okay. right. Okay. Yeah. That's the logistics. Uh, yeah. Dahu, Eved, they might not even know where the brother is. You know, they didn't communicate. It's been months and since they were in touch with him and she'd have to wait and, you know, and they'd try to reach him and then... Um, Sometimes there are multiple brothers, and it would just be much much easier for him just to write the divorce. Uh, now, maybe even by other documents, I mean, if we see that really de facto we can accept somebody that doesn't know how to sign, as long as we get someone else to, you know, to etch it in or fill it in, so why is it so bad? Maybe it's not such a big deal. So there was somebody, the Ovid Uvda Besharstars, that he used somebody that didn't know how to sign and he etched it in and did the outline for him for other documents. Vinagde Rif Kahana. Rif Kahana had him flogged. I'll teach him. In other words, he didn't want people to start using uh, illiterate witnesses for. Uh, I mean, this is serious business. You know, the guy, I don't know if this guy was the based in or whatever, or he tried to bring a document with a witness that was not. Uh, uh, but Rav, you don't fool around with Rif Kahana. He was not, you know, he said, you know, you try to use illiterate witnesses on me, we'll teach you. So he had him flogged. Okay, as we turn the page. Who's right over here? Tanya Kavase. Could, could be his first name was Meyer. <laughs> Why Meyer? Meyer Kahana. Oh, Meyer Kahana. Oh, very good. <laughs> I see. A zealot. Okay. I forgot all about him. Okay. As we turn the page. Tanya Kavase de Rab. What do we do if the witnesses don't know how to sign? Makrian Lahamnir. We tear into a paper, we etch chelak, uh, uh, a blank, and they put the ink in the blank. So, when do we allow such a thing to use witnesses that really don't know how to sign their names? We would allow that for a divorce. But let's say freedom papers for a slave, vishar kolashtaris, and any other kind of document, if they know how to read, and if they know how to sign, then we let them sign. Be in love, and if they don't, ain't chosmen, and you shouldn't use witnesses that are not literate. So the Gemara threw something in here we hadn't mentioned. We mentioned not knowing how to sign, and here we mentioned they got to know how to read too. Kriya man Who's mentioned anything about reading? So Gemara said, "You're right. We must be missing something from the original text. Sorry, next door we're missing something. Okay, this is what it says. Adim sheinu likros. What do you do for a divorce if the witnesses don't know how to read? Korin lifnehem." You read it in front of them, and then they sign. Um, if they don't know how, I'm sorry, if they don't know how to sign, uh, then we fill in the sign. So actually, we're allowing them if they don't know how to read, and if they don't know how to sign. When do we allow such a thing? That's only for divorce, because otherwise we, the woman could be stuck, and sometimes it's an emergency. But regular documents for servants, if they know how to read, and they know how to sign, Khosman, Imlav, 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 Khosman. Omer of Elazar. Yeah. That means they don't even know, for a get, and they don't even have to know, I mean, sorry, for a divorce, yeah, yeah, they, get, they don't even know, have to know what they're signing. Well, they, they, they're relying on the court, the court or whatever, the basin is going to read it, and then they say sign here, and they come and they, they sign. Yeah. But they, they can't read it themselves. 
So they're relying on the court, and they're the agent. Correct. That doesn't sound very good, does it, right? What did you sign? I have no idea. They just told me that, you know. They, they anyway. Yeah. So no one seemed to suggest the idea that you put your hand over their hand and you move their finger, you know, you move it around for them to, to make a signature if that would work. Uh, you're right. We didn't suggest that. Uh, the question is, maybe, maybe that uh, also would be valid. It's just that it wasn't mentioned here. Um, would that be worse? He wants to know if you have somebody, you know, directing his hand. Would that, uh, would that, would that fly? So, if the problem is literacy, that doesn't help the literacy problem. Uh, if the problem is, is that his writing? The question is, would that be considered his signing? If somebody has to... See, these other cases, at least he's signing it. They're just showing him where to sign. But if you're actually moving his hand, uh, I don't know. Uh, what's the reason here? My time is Shingamlia. We don't want Jewish daughters to be stuck. Uh, how do we paskin? Uh, that uh, makes it sound like we agree with him. No, ain't halacha. Um, Ella, come on. If it's not like Shingamlil, who is it? Karabanan. Um, that must be like the Rabbanan uh, who said the um, uh, that uh, uh, Shingamlil was the one uh, only by divorce papers, but other papers uh, you have to have literate people. So the question is do we agree with Shingamlil or do we agree with Rabbanan who said that? Um, Um, that uh, I guess that all documents need to have uh, literate people. We hold like the Rabbanan, well, uh, or I guess the Rabbanan would hold even by other documents you can uh, use somebody who's illiterate. But wasn't there a story that somebody, by other documents, that uh, somebody used somebody illiterate and Rav Kahana whipped the daylights out of them to teach them a lesson? So you see that we don't hold like the Rabbanus. So Targuma Akriya. Maybe it's referring to the reading. They, it's one thing not to know how to sign. It's another thing not to know how to read. In other words, you have to at least be able to read. Uh, it could be, like I said, signing is another step, you know, to know how to put a signature to it. But to, to at least be able to read and know what you're uh, testifying about, so that, um, uh, that would be important. One second. Um, yeah, let's see the top Rashi. Uh, two lines from the top. Akriya. Um, Akriya. She'im yodim laktam. If they know how to sign, even though they don't know how to read, shapardami. Uh, that's okay. Bekori kamei achrina. Somebody else would read in front of them. Karabonin. Rif kahana b'she'en yodim liktam. If, and or like Rav Kahana, even if they don't know how to sign, the guy Kasima Omar he was talking about the signing. Was he was the reading essential or not? Did he whip somebody who didn't know how to read, or did he whip somebody who didn't know how to sign? Back to the Gemara. Rabbi Yehuda Mitzter Kori Bechasim. Rabbi Yehuda had uh, was older and uh, he had a hard time reading. They didn't have bifocals in those days. And so he, he, was, uh, he was the judge, and they asked him to read, but it was very difficult for him to read. So Havi, Rabbi Yehuda, Mitzdar, he went to great pain to read it. You know, you hold the paper next to your eyes, you know, and he read it. 
Uh, and then he signed it. He said, that's not necessary that you actually got to read what you're signing. Rebbe Eliezer was the head honcho of the, of the based in Eretz Yisrael. They had somebody else read it and he signed it. And Reb Nachman also, and he had his scribes read it, and he signed it. So you don't have to trouble yourself if your eyesight isn't that good. Have somebody else who you trust read it, and you could sign it. Now, Reb Nachman, Dafka Reb Nachman, specifically there, he could do it, and his scribes, they were afraid of him. Meaning that if they tried to read something that wasn't written, they would get in big trouble. And Rav Nachman had the power to uh, teach them a lesson. But if it wasn't somebody that worked for him, or or if it was somebody that worked for him, and not Rav Nachman, in other words, they have to be afraid of him, and he has to be able to uh, get them in trouble if they don't do what they're supposed to. But if people could be liable for um, uh, reading something that's not there or doing something false, uh, then you could have them read in front of you and sign it. See, he knew what he knew what they were reading, though. It sounds like, right? Um, and maybe uh, he probably could. In other words, he if he really needed to, he could hold it up to his eyes and see it. Oh, see. But he fully trusted them because if they messed with him, uh, he had he could. First of all, they were scared of him, and second of all, yeah. he had the authority to get them, and uh, they would be not doing their job. Yeah. They, what happens if they brought a Persian star in front of him and he didn't read Persian? So Mikri Lushne Kusim, he would get two uh, Kusim, Shalobifnezad, not in front of the others, and he would ask each one of them to translate it for him. But and neither one knew exactly, you know, they, they weren't like hired witnesses. He just randomly called two people off the street and said, Read this to me. and he would actually allow a person to collect with the Persian document. If you have a Persian dime, how do you swear? As long as they have kosher witnesses, you can even uh, take leanable property. This, this is a valid document. So Morris says, why would it be leanable? Um, the, the witnesses that are Jewish witnesses, uh, they don't know how, they can't read the, uh, the document you said was written in Persian. So if you've got Jewish witnesses in Hebrew that are signing a Persian document, they don't know how to read it. So Umar said, be a dina. No, these witnesses uh, spoke Persian. Yeah, but a Jewish document has to be written with something that can't be forged. And Persian documents, are, are you could forge them. Umar said, no, they use the gold nut juice, so it can't be forged. We have a requirement that Jewish documents have to review the whole thing in the document. It has to be repeated, because uh, otherwise people could play with the document. So, but Mahadur, no, it had it all. So everything was written correctly, it just was written in the Persian language. Ella, my Kamashma, what's it coming to tell you? The Kolash and Kush. So we have, we have documents that are written in English that are perfectly, somebody borrows money in English, you know, and gets witnesses, you know, that's a, that's a, valid, um, that's a valid document. Tanya, we learn, get Ivris, the aid of Yavanis. If you have a document that's written in Hebrew and the witnesses are Greek, or it's written in Greek, the aid of Ivris, and the witnesses are in Hebrew, Kashim. So we, we see that already, that uh, why, why do we need to teach it again? So the Gemara said, Imahi, how many had me begin? I would have thought for divorce, we're lenient. 
but other documents, maybe it's all got to be in Hebrew, and even in other languages. Because witnesses need to be able to understand what they're writing, what they're signing for. Correct. And, the, and yeah, and what was why wouldn't we allow other languages? Maybe, they, yeah. If they, don't, if, they, if they don't need to understand what they're signing, then who cares what language it's in? They're not going to understand it anyway. So they can't read it. Maybe yeah. they can understand it, I guess. Or maybe we need to have official documents in Hebrew so that we can make sure that they, they follow the standard procedures or whatever, or the, the protocol. Your protocol. Uh, what happens if a husband gives a wife a blank piece of paper and he says, This is your divorce. Migoreshes. We say they're divorced. Um, they had, uh, in the old days, they had rabbis that would uh, take care of a divorce. And the question was, did they actually write it? Did they know what they were writing? So he gives the wife a paper, a parchment, and, it's, uh, um, and uh, we can't see any writing on it. We say the divorce, Shema, uh, uh, now how can it be good if somebody looked at the paper and didn't see anything? Kashin and Shema made Milan Kasfu. Maybe it was written in like a very faint ink. It was written in a very faint gallnut juice, and they couldn't see it. So there is a tosus here. It's the top tosus on the page. We'll skip to the middle because we're running out of time a little bit. Um, he says um, uh, it starts from Venir Cholak. It's about eight lines, ten lines from the bottom of the top tosus. When it says you give them a blank sheet, Lobashas Nesino row, they didn't see it when it was given. He can't give her a blank piece of paper and say this is divorce. Even if for sure it was written in Golnut juice, if she couldn't read anything when it was given, that's not a good divorce. Because it already had faded when it was given. Like we said, keep polet, my hobby. Hashu to polet. Um, it's got to be readable when she got it. What happened was they didn't read it till later. So, uh, or the second answer is they saw it from far away and from far away it looked blank. But maybe if they went up close and they looked at it, they'd be able to make out the letters. So either what happened was much later it faded or it could have faded or they were looking at it from far away and it wasn't so visible. Those are the two answers that Tosus gives. So in those cases, the question is, do we have any reason to suspect that there really was no divorce there at all? So we don't suspect that. We, we would assume that it was there. Um, That's almost like a conspiracy, because that would mean the Adim were in cahoots with the guy that wanted to give a fake divorce. But, well, there's no Adim. It's just a totally blank... Uh, right, right, the Adim that saw it given. Uh, right. But um, we, we, everybody was assuming this was the divorce, and... and it, then they open it up later, or the people who looked at a distance, they didn't see any writing on it. Where's the question? Here's your divorce. And he gives it to her, and then he grabs it from her, and he throws it into the water, or into the fire, or the cold dover of it. And then he said, Shtar Pasim. I was just kidding. That was not a divorce. I faked you out. That was a Shtar Pasim. O Shtar Amana. So, uh, so what do we say over there? There's no way to know what... Uh, relationship <laughs> that's correct <laughs> yes uh, uh, um, the, the divorce attorneys say they see such things you know <laughs> crazy stuff so so he megareshes um we say that she's divorced for low osro 
and we don't believe him to mess her up and say, you know, to do that. So time at that's because there was something written on there. We just don't know if it was the divorce or not. But if there's not even a writing, it wouldn't be good. So how over here um, do we accept that there was a writing there if it's blank now? So what we do is we check it afterwards with, um, with water. Uh, there, there's a certain way to check to see if there was ink there that faded. Today they have scans where they can scan for... Um, they actually, they, what they now, they, they now scan old documents that they thought were blank, and they're able to read what was written on... Um, that, that's really what's happening, is that they're, they're re-examining all of the ancient documents with new technology and finding that there were things written there, but the ink faded. And so uh, uh, they can do that also. So e polit polit. if you can tell that there was ink there, so then the ink, the water won't get absorbed. The e lo polit lav klubu, then it was nothing. So, well, this would be the earlier case where it's blank now, where it's not showing up. Uh, so if you see, so so but if if it's visible, if it doesn't absorb now, but hashtuta, maybe it's only visible now. So shmula nami chashinu komar. He's saying maybe. He didn't say one hundred percent. Or if you don't uh, if two people have a divorce given in front of them, it needs to be read. This way you prevent, if, if, it's, no, if it's a blank paper, you can't read it, right? It has to be read. If this is divorce and they picks it up and throws in the sea, and he says, no, this was just a fake document, or or it was a different kind of document, we don't believe him. Uh, and if you say that they actually read the document, so how could he claim that this wasn't a divorce? They read it. If every divorce is first read, and they read it first, and it says he so-and-so is divorcing his wife so-and-so, and they gave it to her, and then he tosses it in the fire, they read it. So how, how can he now claim it's not? So the more say, this guy was a, a funny guy, what happened was, after the, they read it, Ayli Beyada, he took the divorce in his hand, the apik, and he did a sleight of hand. He did a fakeru. So, you might have thought, maybe he switched it. In other words, there was a divorce written, and maybe he switched it for a different document in order to mess her up. Kamash Balan, that we don't assume that. So again, the question was, how could you even have a case that he's claiming that it's not a divorce. So there was a divorce there, but maybe he switched it and uh, gave the other document. Who could cover desire to get to the visa? Lebenidini. Somebody took a divorce. What did he do over here? And he he threw it uh, to his wife, Lebenidini. Between some jars. He threw it and it landed in her property between some jars. So. He doesn't have it. Um, and then when the woman went to go pick it up, a mezuzah scroll was found there instead. Oh, I see. So, in other words, there was parchment. And so he threw her a piece of parchment and she says, Oh, what's this? And uh, she didn't open it up right away. And then uh, when he went to check the jars, thank you for your help there, 
he found it was a mezuzah. So now, do we assume that what she found was something different than from what was thrown and really she's divorced? Or maybe he was just playing with her and he threw her a mezuzah. So Omar of Nach, mezuzah, beidine loshkia. It's not like people lose their mezuzahs in the middle of the pantry, right? So therefore she can assume that uh, it, he, she didn't get a divorce. That's if you find one. But if you found two or three mezuzahs like hanging around in the pantry, so uh, uh, from the fact that you found one document there, so maybe there's a whole bunch of documents. Maybe the mice like to grab documents. They had that problem that uh, the documents made of parchment or, or animal, that's animal-based. And so the mice would eat up the parchment. So they had to keep Torah scrolls away from the mice. Uh, because, you know, they... Uh, another case. Somebody came to Shul, and he invited his wife to Shul that day. And he hands the Torah to his wife, and he says, Here, honey, here's your divorce. And he hands her the Torah. So the question is, and then he runs off, and uh, do we suspect that somehow there's a divorce here? So Amr Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef says, what's going on here? How, what will we suspect? So maybe he wrote it in invisible ink on the back of the Torah scroll. He, the Torah scroll is parchment, and maybe he wrote it on the back. Maybe we have to pull out the Torah and examine it because maybe there's a divorce there. But the, the Torah scroll is already treated with gallnut juice. It's not going to write over there. So maybe, though, he meant there's a parsha in the Torah that mentions uh, the word divorce. So maybe he's handing her the Torah word divorce. The Torah uses the word, the book of divorce, but that's not lishma. We'll have to find out tomorrow what the story is with the man that handed his wife a Torah in shul. So I guess women shouldn't take a Torah in shul. It's very dangerous to uh, take a Torah in shul. Have a great day, everyone.